So welcome to Thrive, your agency resource. I'd like you all to meet Chip Griffin, if you don't know him already, founder of the Small Agency Growth Alliance, also known as Saga. Uh, Chip is actually a fellow coach and consultant to PR and marketing agencies, um, essentially around the country, and you know really works with um, the same constituency that I do, which is, you know, small agencies that have approximately up to about 30 employees. And uh, we recently met through a mutual connection and I had to have him on the show. So Chip, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited that you're here. Uh, it's great to be here, Kelly. You know, we had a, a great pre-show conversation and uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know, and the the audience knows how I got into this industry just from you know <laughs> repetitive uh, conversations with other guests. But um, I'm always curious uh, to understand a little bit more about how other agency growth consultants and coaches kind of made it into this industry because we all have our own unique stories. So I'd love to hear yours. Sure. Um, so about 30 years ago, I got started in politics in Washington, D.C. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> that was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, and uh, in any case, I uh, after I spent some time on Capitol Hill, I went to work for a very small PR agency. Uh, and uh, so that was my first taste of agency life about 27 years ago now. And uh, over time, I went to you know one job after the other and eventually got married. And like most people who um, when they decide to move and have been in politics, they say, well, you know, I'm not unemployed. I'm a consultant. So I became a consultant in the late 1990s. I uh, was fortunate to sign a client before I left D.C. and landed in New Hampshire, where I had my first agency that sort of grew by accident. And since then, I've started about a half dozen different businesses, took a, a, a side tour by selling one of the businesses to a company headquartered in Dubai. So I was chief operating officer for a media intelligence agency headquartered there. And um, so that's that's sort of where I was before becoming a consultant. And then when I decided that I was done working for someone else and, and wanted to, to get back to being an entrepreneur, I realized it was the business side of agency life that was my real passion. And so now I'm fortunate to be able to work with small agency owners around the world to help them with um, their various business challenges. Yeah, that's great. There's something that you said that really struck out, that stuck out for me because, um, it, you know, it's really uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about today and focus in on our conversation. You said, you know, that you sort of grew the agency by accident. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's very true for a lot of agency owners. Um, there's very little, let's call it this, let's say there's very little intention setting or intentionality um, when an agency owner has an idea of what they want to become in terms of the leader, the size of the organization. Um, uh, we joked around earlier when we were uh, pre-chatting about how, you know, it, the, the idea of a headcount used to be some sort of indication as to your success, right? And right. luckily, we're no longer in that place um, for lots of different reasons. But um, what do you see a lot of agency owners doing with regard to all of the information that's out there? Some of it quite disparate podcasts and articles and coaches and consultants and everything. What are you seeing in general that a lot of agency owners are doing? So, you know, most agencies started for one of two reasons. The it, one might be that they were unemployed like I was, either by choice or because they'd gotten laid off from somewhere. And so they started doing a little bit of freelancing and, and all of a sudden they had more business than they could handle. So they started 
contracting work out to others and, and grew their agency that way. A second way is that maybe they were within an agency and, and they were working for a big client and they said, hey, you know, I could do better if I took this agency out on my own. And somehow they, they made it work without violating their employment agreement. Um, and so in either case, they're not really intentionally building the business. They're just you know, starting with a little bit of revenue and growing from there. Right. Unfortunately, most of them then decide that they just need to focus on continuing to grow. And when they say grow, they just mean revenue. We just, you know, more clients, more money, increase the retainers. And they never stop and pause and say, what am I trying to build as a business? What do I want as the agency owner? And, and that's a huge mistake. I mean, I always tell my clients and anyone else who will listen, there's no reason to take on the risk and the stress of running your own business if it's not accomplishing what you want from it. Right, right. And I would imagine, or know, and you know, that what each individual agency owner wants from their business, what they want to get out of their organization and, and sort of being at the helm of that organization is very different. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's great, right? Like, as my dad says, that's why we have chocolate and vanilla ice cream. Um, it's, you know, whatever those, those intentions and whatever the driving forces, whatever your passions are, whatever the things are that like get you excited and get you up every morning, um, about that business, they're all fine. And mm -hmm. I think the what I'm starting to see is a very a very acute shift in the mindset. We're talking about intention today, but it's also mindset um, around is what I'm going to do with this business making me as an individual happier? Right. Am I also contributing to the 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 I guess I would call it the fulfillment of my team, right? Mm -hmm. Do they feel seen, heard, understood, valued on a daily basis? People are starting to really make this shift um, toward people over profit. And I, personally, I've been, I've been really waiting for this shift to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's been happening slowly but surely. Right. Um, but now it's like all anyone's talking about. So that's exciting. Are you seeing some of the same with your clients? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. 2020 changed a lot for many people, but particularly in the agency space and how they look at things. And I, and I think that's a very good thing because before there was, there was tremendous pressure to keep up with the Joneses yeah. and, and there was tremendous embarrassment um, it, for a lot of agency owners to say, yeah, you know, I'm trying to build a lifestyle agency, you know, where I only have to work four days a week. I can have long weekends in the winter to snowboard and in the summer to go surfing or whatever. Yep. And, and, I, and I think that, that a lot of that has, it's not gone away. I mean, it's, it's still there for sure, but right. it, it, is, it is not the same way that it was a few years ago. And that's healthy because, you know, you may have a, a business that you want to just, you know, work as little as you can and still make the kind of money that you need to have the lifestyle you want. Maybe you are looking to build something really big because that's personally satisfying. Mm -hmm. Both are fine options. Mm -hmm. You need to figure out what's right for you. And by the way, that may change over the course of your life. You know, just because, you know, you're, you're, you know, 30 and you really want to charge ahead and, and build this giant thing, maybe you're 45 and you want to ease off. Um, or maybe it's the other way around. At 30, you've got a family, so you can't push as hard. And, and now as you get older, you have the time. So go with what works for you and build the business around that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with that more. Let's face it. Agency life looks very different than ever before. Remote and hybrid teams need better tools to help them communicate and access files, track their time, manage client budgets, and more. 
If you believe that it's time to streamline things once and for all, Workamajig is the all-in-one agency management platform built to help you do just that. Head over to workamajig.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Back to the show. It's funny. I'm curious to know uh, if if there's a single question or something, some kind of indication that potential clients give to you um, to let you know that they're an ideal client to work with you. So, you know, really, I'm looking for clients who are um, curious. I guess that's probably the best you know word. So they 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 want to learn more. They're not they're not coming to me saying. I need this, and this is you know. If you can just give me this piece of this nugget of knowledge, yeah. I'll be all set. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want someone who's coming to me looking for some magic formula that says, you know, this is how you build a successful agency. Follow these seven steps, and you'll become a millionaire. What I really want is someone who wants to learn and understand, you know, what works and what doesn't. You know, how they can apply some principles to their business, but still build their own business out of that. So if I had to boil it down to that one word, curiosity would be the one I would focus on. Yeah, that's great. I love that one. Um, for me, it's vulnerability. Mm. I literally ask, you know, if if you are coming to me and you want to become a more conscious agency owner, a, a more conscious business leader, um, how willing are you to be vulnerable to say to your team, you know what? I don't have all the answers. I actually need you to help me run this business. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made mistakes um, on and on and on, like vulnerability, vulnerability, vulnerability. And if if that prospective client is all in from that standpoint, I'm like, great, that's all I need to know. Because there's something really interesting in what you said before, which is there has been a lot of stigma and a lot of embarrassment around this idea that I don't necessarily want to build the biggest agency, right? I don't need to have 50 employees. I don't need to be a 10, 20, 30, $50 million agency. I just want to make enough where I'm making an impact with the clients. We're working with really ideal clients. Those clients are making my team happy because they're respectful and the work is good. That's the kind of business I want. And maybe you know, for me, that means that I get to spend more time with my family. I get to take some more vacations. I don't have to be in control all of the time. Like I hear more and more and more people saying that and setting these intentions for, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe at the beginning of the year, they start to set these intentions, or maybe they say, these are my intentions over the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, it's, uh, it's refreshing. I guess that's the word that I will that I will use. It is refreshing to mm-hmm. see that that shift is really happening. I agree with you that it's not 100% there yet. It's not it's very far away from 100% there. But um yeah, if you could speak to that a little bit uh, in terms of the conversations that you have with clients, that would be really interesting to me. Yeah, and and I think you've really hit on something there by talking about vulnerability and and being willing to be vulnerable with you, with their teams and it, you know Fundamentally, you learn more from failure than you do from success. And so, you know, failure is something that I enjoy talking about. I've been on, you know, any number of panels with other entrepreneurs talking about some of the things we failed at. And I find those conversations fascinating because success can be an accident. Success can be just, you know, dumb luck, right place, right time. And certainly some failures are the result of bad luck, but you can still learn things from it. You can learn how to be nimble and flexible coming out of you know any kind of challenge that you have. You can learn, as I always tell people, I 
half of my time is spent telling you what doesn't work, right? right. You know, because I've done it. I, you know, right. over the course of 30 years, I've tried a lot of stuff and I can just tell you it doesn't work or this is the thing to watch out for so that you don't do it the same way that I did and have the same problem. And a lot of that is your inherent value because I, I feel the same way. I'm like, I ran my agency for 14 years. I made a lot of mistakes, right? And sometimes I made them like more than once. Right. So like, don't do that. <laughs> Learn from right. that. Right. And, and, and look, it, I mean, sometimes, you know, someone still has to, you know, to stick their finger in the outlet, right? right and right. and we, as coaches and advisors, we can't stop them. That's right. um, you know, we can tell them when we did that, it was not, it was not a comfortable feeling, but sometimes just like kids, they have to do it and that's right. fine, but at least they have the the opportunity to know about it in advance and, and it's their conscious decision. Um, to do that. And I, and I think, you know, we talk about intentionality. I, I talk with my clients all the time about the, the importance of making conscious decisions and not just allowing inertia to take you somewhere because so many of us just allow an inertia to, to pull us forward in both our personal and professional lives. Yeah. And, and it's so helpful to just pause and step back and say, is this the path I really want to be on? And, and if not, how do I move to a different path? Yeah, yeah. So is there a particular framework or a set of questions or something that you give to clients to say, hey, when you are thinking about setting your intentions for what you want it out of this business, right. um, as an individual, as the leader, is there some kind of framework or anything that you, that you kind of um, utilize with them? Or is it just a conversation or how do you do that? So, I mean, most of what I do is is conversational. I do have questionnaires that I use sort of as a starting point when I'm uh, first working with a client. Right. But, but you know, really, I, I mean, I, I've created what I call the AIM-GET framework um, that I use with my clients. Um, and so that's uh, ambition, identity, and management, growth, execution, and talent. And so if you Say sort that again? of- Ambition, identity, management. So mm-hmm. that's, sort of, that's sort of the vision planning portion of the business. Okay. And then growth- execution and talent. So that's the more tactical, the day-to-day, you know, how am I building and operating the business? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I always start with that ambition piece and try to understand, you know, where do you want to be in a year, five years? You know, where what's your thinking as far as are you going to, you know, work until you die? Are you going to retire in the next five years? What are you, what are you trying to, to accomplish? Because that then helps give me that framework for the advice that I'm going to give right. and for the, you know, the exercises we'll go through as, as we work through our relationship. Right, right. I think about that also as like um, sort of a reverse engineering from a future state, right? right. So if, if you could you know, take this client, client X, right, and you sit them in a seat 10 years down the road. What what does their agency look like? What does their life look like? Mm-hmm. Um, where is their family at? What What is the whole picture? What does the whole landscape look like in their ideal future state world? Right. And then reverse engineer that back to, okay, well, where are we today? And what needs to happen in that gap between today and the 10-year future state? Right. Um, I think sometimes giving people lots of different, not lots, but a couple of different ways or frameworks to think about these things helps to really narrow it in. Because I have found that if you say, you know, what are you passionate about? What do you want out of this agency? A lot of people have a really hard time figuring out the answer to that question. Mm -hmm. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so hard for people to like really set those intentions and have clarity around what they want? You know, I think it's a couple of things. I, you know, I, I think the the first is that it's hard for people to be honest with themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think that 
it, it starts from you know what we were talking about a, a little while ago in this conversation that that people feel like there's a set of expectations that they're supposed to live up to, that they're supposed to be working towards. And, and it's often hard for people to admit that maybe that's not their ambition. Maybe that's not where they want to take things. So the societal pressure you're saying, or like societal family, you know, just, and, and look, we all have it to, to one degree or another. And, and, and sometimes it's important to have those, right. You know, otherwise we, you know, you might have chaos. So there is, there is some value in having those overall guardrails to our lives, Mm -hmm. but we have to be willing to challenge them too. Um, and, And we have to. To say, you know, I mean, because look, there, you know, there are decisions that that I make today with a wife and kids that I wouldn't make probably if I didn't have a wife and kids, right? I mean, and and that's okay, right? You mm-hmm. have to be realistic about what you've got going on, and 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 you know, the level of risk tolerance that you have, particularly as a business owner, and things like that. But that doesn't mean that you still can't try to enunciate the dream of where you would like to go. Mm. I, I think the the longer the horizon, the harder it gets. Yep. Right. So, you know, if when I sit down with with uh, an owner and I say, okay, you know, what do you want your business to look like at the end of the year or the end of next year? That's a lot easier than five or ten years down the road. Yeah. Um, and and I look, you can't get hung up on on you know what your plan is for ten years, right? You have to have a general vision. Right. But if I look back ten years, I would not say I was doing what I was doing today. But that's okay. Right. Because right. you, you have to adjust based on the circumstances on the ground. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I laugh because if someone had told me, um, honestly, even seven years ago that I would be doing like, you know, leadership coaching for uh, other agency owners, mm-hmm. I would have laughed hysterically, like fall down, belly right. laugh. <laughs> There's no way that that's, you know, what I'm going to be doing. And here I am. Right. So, right. you know, and then we have things like anomalies, like 2020, where we could have had um, intentions set, we could have had, you know, plans and goals and all of those things. And then through no fault of our owner or nothing that we could control, those things fall apart or something happens where uh, it's out of our control. And we just have to get back on the track or change the trajectory of the track. So right. just keep- and, and, and I don't know any agency that that maintained their trajectory yeah, that they were in in March of 2020, right? I mean, some for better, some for worse, but everybody had to make an adjustment. I mean, if you were a, a digital agency and and you know, now you were going gangbusters because everybody was trying to go from brick and mortar to digital and so most of the digital agencies I know just got swamped with work yeah. at that point. So, it was good for them, but they still had to make adjustments to their operations and Absolutely. figure out how to do things. If you were in the travel industry, whoops, you know that's a, that's a, that was a tough a, a, a sector for an agency to be serving at that time, and and so they had to make adjustments. And so, I, but I think that at the end of the day, that's healthy, right? I mean, it's painful in the moment. Trust me. And it was it was painful for my business because I was doing largely on-site engagements uh, in in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, nobody really wanted to meet with me on site, and I didn't want to go on site right. uh, at that point. And so you you have to make adjustments, but that it creates all sorts of new opportunities if you allow yourself to be open to it. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about there is um, back to the curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. Like being open to those things, dialing up that curiosity as to like, what could this new landscape, what could this, this seemingly horrific thing, um, what, what could uh, open up for me? What possibilities exist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not clinging so tightly to a particular path. I think that's another mistake that a lot of agency owners will make where they have these goals 
Uh, they're very performance, very metrics focused and something derails them. And it, I don't know, for me, I've seen, I've seen some people really just like take that to heart and think, Mm -hmm. oh God, how am I ever going to get back back on track? They get, they feel like dejected or they feel, you said, embarrassed uh, at some point. There's this feeling inside of them, right? That, that they'll never get back to where they were or, oh God, it took me so long to get to where I was at the beginning of 2020. And now I feel like I'm starting over again. Right. So what do you say to people like that who really need like a complete reset in terms of, uh, or reframe in terms of their mindset? Right. So uh, look, each situation is different because you really, you know, to some degree, you know, we're not psychologists, but you have to get to what the, what the root of their fear or their concern is. And, you know, is it, is it a safety and security thing? Is it more financial? Is it sort of what others think of them? And so, you know, your solution and, and the path you guide them on will be different based on, you know, what's the real driving force behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, but ultimately it's, you know, what I try to do is I try to help them see, you know, and it sounds trite, but the silver lining, mm-hmm. you know, what 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 is the opportunity in um, in that setback that they've had or in that, you know, the, the challenge that they're having as a business. And, right. and, and the more that you can focus on the positive in that case, the more likely you are to be able to pull yourself out. The, you get into trouble when you just dwell on what's not working, right. what went wrong, you know, what's, what's hurting now, and instead, you know, pivot. Yeah. I would take that one step further even and build on that to say, um, not just what opportunities am I given, but what would I have missed out on had that experience not happened? Sure. Right. It's just a little bit of a different way to look at it. Well, and and 2020, I mean, it's it's created so much opportunity. It's, you know, one of the things I talk a lot about is the the value of serendipity and and Serendipity has become more difficult for us in these days where we're we're all getting filtered news. Where you know we're right. you know we you know you really can get niche media all the time, and so you have to you know you're not reading a newspaper where you would just stumble across an article and learn something about a field that you didn't know about. Right. 2020 was sort of forced serendipity for all of us, right? It's a it, good way to put it. It put us all into situations that that made us uncomfortable. You know, many people were using video conferencing for the first time. You know, I, I remember, you know, before March of, of 2020, I couldn't get people to, to do Zoom calls with their cameras on. I, you know, it's arm twisting. Um, and and now it's the default. And, you know, people talk about Zoom fatigue. But at the end of the day, the, the connection that you can make by having a video call like we are right now mm-hmm. is so much better than you could have on a telephone call, mm-hmm. particularly for people that you don't know well, that you're not working with on a day-to-day basis. Right. And so those kinds of you know, acts of forced serendipity that we've had, I think, have strengthened all of us if we're willing to be curious and figure out how we can use it going forward. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Um as we start to wrap up here, is there one piece of uh, advice or a little golden nugget that you can sort of impart uh, on on the listeners and those who are watching? Yeah, so I, I mean, I I guess it would be two things. Okay. You know, I I think the the first goes along with 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 curiosity, and that is that that as an agency owner, agency leader, you need to be asking questions. You need to ask questions of yourself, of your team of your prospects and clients. Cause by the way, many of you don't understand your prospects very well because you don't, because you <laughs> that's don't That's a ask, whole nother show. Chip. That's a whole nother show, <laughs> but you don't ask questions, right? Be curious about what your clients and prospects are actually 
you know, what their concerns are, what their goals are. Don't just be an order taker. But yes, that is that could be a whole separate topic. But it falls under that umbrella of, of being curious, of asking questions. And the second goes with, you know, what you had talked about vulnerability. I, I often call it transparency. You need to be much more transparent than you probably are being with your business partners, with your team members. And yes, probably even your clients, uh, because you know we we put up these walls, these fences to protect ourselves. But in the process, we're not sharing the information that others need in order to give us what what we need, right? So we're not asking the questions that that give us information, and we're not being transparent enough to give information. So it's, I mean, look, we're in the communications industry in one form or another, but we're terrible as communicators for the most part. Yeah, but do you think that that comes from um, sort of viewing other just just the idea of like competitive or competition versus collaboration, right? Is that really what that comes from? Oh, sure. I mean, there's there's absolutely some of that. I mean, you know, you've been in the agency space for a long time too. You know that agencies sort of default to viewing each other as rivals. Um, you know, I can't tell you the number of times where I've been working for one agency and and there's another agency working on the same project, and it's like, how can how can we take more of their work? You know, how can we? Right. That's not the way to think of these That's things. Right. And, and I think one of the real values that we've seen over the last you know, year or so is that people are coming together more and, and being a little bit more transparent with each other, but, but be even more so, particularly as small agencies, the folks who are listening to us right now, you can achieve so much if you're willing to talk to your peers and, and, and be open with them. Learn from them because yes, you may compete with them, you know, once in a blue moon, but the reality is most of us have plenty to learn from each other. And the more we have those conversations, the more we get together in person, on Zoom, on discussion forums, wherever, the the more valuable um, we can turn all those relationships. Yeah, I love that piece of advice more than um, most of the, the, you know, I often we'll end a show with uh, asking a piece of advice from the guest. And I love this one. Um, it's really up there and probably my top three, because I think exchanging ideas, being more open, looking at um, collaboration or collaborative opportunities versus competition is the absolute way forward. Um, it's already happening. And I think, you know, pushing people to say, if they need permission, here's your permission. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's if there's another agency that you've been viewing as a competitor, reach out to them on LinkedIn, you know, call the CEO, sure. have a conversation. You will find that you have so much more in common, that you're dealing with the same pain points and that you can help each other, mm-hmm. right? So I, I love that. That's a really great piece of advice. Excellent. Well, this, this has been a great conversation. And frankly, if people are listening to this, they're already buying into that concept of, of learning from others in the industry. So take it that one step further. Don't just do the ones where you're sort of passively listening, engage in conversation. Yeah, that's great. Well, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Chip and Saga, go over to smallagencygrowth.com and I will put that in the show notes as well. Chip, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.